What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Coach Dad podcast. Sorry we've been away for a little bit. Had a little life update in the Peterson house. We had a baby number three, little girl, Rosie. So running on fumes here. Congrats, but, uh, thanks, thanks everyone. Um, but now we're back in on the podcast game. So really excited today. We get to uh, have a special one, one we've been talking about for a couple weeks. So we get to interview and talk to and learn from Mike's dad, the original Bill Caldwell. So we're really excited. Thanks for letting us come talk to you today. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. Dad, you ever been on podcast before? Absolutely not. I just learned what a podcast was. <laughs> <laughs> so this is you guys are before I started. I do want to say I think what you're doing is, is absolutely wonderful. You know, it says that uh, in the Bible that you should reach out and provide wise counsel and seek wise counsel, and I think that's what you guys are doing. So, anyhow, congratulations. Well, we need it. We appreciate it. Amen. <laughs> um, well, hey, we're excited to talk to you today about work ethic and how to instill work ethic in your children. Um, I'm one of your four boys growing up, and I've always thought you had a great work ethic, and it showed that throughout our childhood and and beyond. And so just want to jump right in and ask you, what was it like growing up in your household with Pop and Grandma and your, your other two brothers? Well, I, you know, number one, let me give you a little background. I'm, a, I'm a, from Charlotte. I was born here. Uh, I have two brothers. Uh, our family um, is um, basically from South Carolina. Uh, our, our, my grandfather was uh, a superintendent for Southern Railroad, where he built um, uh, concrete construction, heavy, heavy uh uh, tru- metal, uh, metal and wood truss bridges and, uh, and uh, did a lot of civil work. Uh, he lived in Blacksburg, South Carolina. He was a superintendent. So he and my grandmother would uh, get on a, a, a train every uh, Sunday night and leave for the job site. And all the workers got on and they, uh, they would uh, go with them all week come back on the on the weekend on, on Saturday and they would get paid by my grandmother uh, and uh, they would go off into in town do whatever they had to do to get provisions and everything go to their family and then get back on the train another Sunday so my grandfather uh, my father really didn't get a chance to see much of his father other than to know that he was he was working um, my mother's father, who was from Rock Hill, was a store owner, and uh, they had, I think, five five children. And uh, you know, the work ethic there was he made all my uh, my mother and uh, the, her sister and one brother all work at the store. So when it came time for Bill and uh, me and my my brother Bob and John, you know, to grow up in Charlotte. Here's this dad who has been raised by a construction superintendent. And, uh, I mean, you know, he, he basically 
taught us or made us do the same thing that his dad made him do. And we were all given chores. And the older you get, uh, you've got, uh, the, uh, I guess, the better chore. So I was a middle kid. And, uh, you know, I remember my job was taking hand clippers and clipping the, you know, the sidewalk. My older brother got to push the lawnmower. And my younger brother, he just didn't do anything. <laughs> he, he, he was a baby, and they they didn't care about that. He and this didn't. is the days before engine-powered lawnmowers, right? These are no, I'm not that old, <laughs> uh, Petey. But uh, no, that. Uh, but I will say that this is this is interesting, and it's it's a little important to the subject. Uh, is that my father had a lawnmower that was different from everybody else. It was called a lawn boy. And it was one that had mixed gas and it was sounded different and all that kind of stuff. And so I'll jump ahead later in life. The only lawnmower I would buy was a lawn boy because why my dad had, had convinced me that that was, you know, that was the lawnmower. If it had been another lawnmower to get, I'd have gotten, some whatever he had because he instilled in us that that was the that was the best one the best one to have but but uh, I think uh, dad um, worked as he went to Clemson graduated my my mother graduated from Winthrop um, when she graduated she uh, went and worked at a bank as uh, the assistant to the president. And then she went off and worked at TVA uh, over uh, in uh, Tennessee. And she worked um, at the, the uh, uh, nuclear uh, plant. Uh, and, you know, it was a joint thing back then of TVA. Uh, but it's where they you know, were coming up with the atomic bomb. So she was... She was an accountant there, and then she hated it, and she came back to to to, to Rock Hill. But my dad um, was a, a cadet. He graduated. He went to Clemson, and then went to went to went to war, and uh, was a flight instructor. Um, and he was stationed in Norfolk, and um, he he was introduced by. Uh, uh, an engineer down in uh, down in Rock Hill. Anyhow, they got married. So here here I am, the son of of a mother and father who had been already taught <clears throat> the issues of hard work. And if you don't work, you know you don't you don't eat. And so it started. It, it instilled on us early on about hard work. And if you're not working, um, you know you you're wasting you're wasting your time. The influence of a parent, and we talked about fathers, and fathers are very very important. Um, I'll tell you that I believe that one of the things, the major things that we have wrong in the United States right now, are fatherless homes, and uh, the women of the of the of the of the world you know, are 
we we could not do what we do without them as as, as our wives. Um, but the influence of a father, uh, you know, is just something that is missing, and um, the percentages are so high. Uh, the incarceration rate of the people that are in, in, in uh, incarcerated um, where are very high with those people who were from a fatherless home. And so I think that's a, that's a major uh, issue that, that we're going to have to tackle and soon. Um, but uh, anyhow, I, I, I think that's important. Um, but as we, as we grew up, uh, we were given jobs and then, um, you know, I, my, my two brothers could not, could not stand construction. I, dad, dad, uh, was, was an engineer and I, I got to go to job sites with him and it was, you know, it started, I just loved it. I just loved it very, very much. And. So we, uh, when I got time for, for school, um, you know, I went to uh, Lewisburg College and then I went to Atlantic Christian and I had met Ross back in high school and uh, Mary Ross, my wife, and we, uh, we started dating in 1960, I think it was 68, 68 or 69, got married in 75 and then moved back to Charlotte. And I went to work, by then my dad had, uh, they were gonna transfer the headquarters for Southern, was gonna move everybody to Atlanta. So dad had to make a decision and we were at church and he had accepted, uh, he was not gonna move uh, to Atlanta. My mother didn't want to. And she really didn't wanna move at all. If she wanted to move, it would be in South Carolina. It would be no other place. And I mean, the, North Charlotte was as far north as my mom would let my dad move. Uh, but uh, he had gotten an offer, and we were headed to Florida with a big developer. He was going to be head of construction for this big developer. And uh, we went to church, and... We waited and waited and waited after the service, but my dad and he finally showed up and he said, look, I've got a meeting uh, with with the man, uh, Mr. Barnes, and he said that his father is retiring and wanted to know if I wanted to to go in with him, take over his dad's place in the, in the construction business. So I didn't think much about it because I'd already thought in my heart I, we were moving to Florida. And, so dad ended up buying into the company and started his own construction company. And so that went on from 19, probably 1965 to, till he passed in 97. Uh, but my mother worked, ended up running the office. And so the two of them worked together all that time. It's pretty cool. That's cool. How young were you when you started working with Pop? Oh gosh, just as soon as I could. Uh, I was fourteen, and my mom. I'll never forget. Uh, my dad was. We were building a, a warehouse, 
And back then, the you know, the walls were, you know, brick and, and concrete block and with an infill. And at the very top was a U-block, and it had to be filled up with concrete. So my dad on Saturday morning, and this thing's 18 feet high. So my dad said, hey, uh, you need to go to work with me today. I said, oh, man, that's great, you know. So we got to the job site. I thought this was going to be a ride-around job, but no. We got to the job site, got a five-gallon bucket, and the concrete truck pulled up. I said, what's all the, what are we doing? He said, I need you to get up on that wall and let one of the laborers uh, pull the concrete up, and you take the bucket and you pour into that U-block, and put some anchor bolts in, and then he'll drop it down. And I said, well, where's the scaffold? He said, there's plenty of room. There's 16 inches up there for you to sit on. So just get the bucket and pour it in there. And my mother drove by there and saw me standing up on that wall 18 feet high, and she, she about had a stroke. <laughs> so I started back when I was about 14. And every summer, if I wasn't playing baseball, I was working. My mother would take me at the corner of Providence Road and and uh, and uh, uh, I forgot the name of the road, but anyhow, and the, my father's partner was building a huge mansion out in uh, Weddington, and so he would come by there at seven o'clock, and so he would pick up all the laborers downtown, and then me. I'd get in the back end of the truck with those those five other guys, those laborers, and we'd go down to Weddington and work down there all day and then turn around and he'd drop me off. My mother would be out there in the parking lot at the church, at that church, Providence Methodist Church, take me back home. But, we, you know, I always um, worked. Uh, if there was a vacation and at school, you know, I, I hated school, so I'd rather work. So I worked just about every every job that I that I could. And then obviously when I graduated from college, I graduated, got married, and went to work with my dad on the same month in June of of seventy five. How long did you work for your dad? I worked for dad for. Uh, a couple of years, um, <clears throat> and then uh, excuse me, uh, worked for Dad a couple of years as a superintendent. I built a, a manufacturing facility, an industrial uh, manufacturing plant for him. And uh, you know, this was you know I was my first superintendent. I'd I'd been running work, you know, during the summer because. When I was in college, when I would come home from college or there was a spring break while everybody else was going to the beach, I was back at home working. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I was working. So, you know, I would already had, and I knew a lot. I had been learned, learned a lot and learned. I mean, I used to, to go with the, the carpenters and he had a, a great, um, group of carpenters, finished carpenters, and they would uh, hang doors and put up molding and stuff and build cabinets. And so I learned 
so much. I learned how to pour concrete, pour foundations, do caissons, do do all kind of things that, you know, all these kids that were at the beach and having a good time, they they never got the benefit of of what I did. So it was like a, a you know, a, a precursor to going to a, having a college course in, in construction. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's time came, came through. I, I decided that I wanted to work for dad. So I did. And we did those, that one job started another job. And then I had gotten an opportunity to, uh, to start a hardware business, uh, with a, with a man. Uh, and uh, did that for maybe a year and a half. And I was on the job site delivering some uh, construction hardware to a, a big commercial contractor in town. Uh, and the president of the company saw me delivering the hardware and setting it up for him and, you know, and, and, how I had laid it out so they could, you know, easily get to it. And long story made short, he he uh, he called me and told me he'd like me to come by his office, and so I did. And I thought maybe I was going to get a big order of hardware, and come to find out, it was uh, he offered me to go, you know, take a job. And so that's when I started. I started F N Thompson. Started with F N Thompson as a project manager. There's one story I remember you telling us. Uh, I can't remember how young you were, but you were working and you got introduced to chewing tobacco. Oh, Monica. <laughs> that was... What happened there? Well, the, the, it's, it's interesting you said the same uh, man that, uh, that I worked with um, was one of the smartest men I had ever met. His name was Alfred Alfred Person, and and he was about five nine, and weighed about three hundred and fifty pounds. He was a huge man. He was a big man, strong as he could be. And that story I told you about having to pull up the buckets of concrete were heavy. They called him heavy. We called him heavy. Uh, he was the one that was hoisting the concrete up. And uh, so this same story, I'm, I'll tell you, Heavy was on, we were doing building a church. And it had, you've been in churches where the underside of the of the roof is wood. It's, it's you know, wood. And so the, uh, these, this, this job that we had was heavy would pull up these these long timbers and we we put this decking down they called it mill decking and so the decking was placed and uh, but I smoked and I was about I guess 16 or 17 and I think I was a big boy you know so I'd smoke like the rest of the guys but when you're up there on the roof you couldn't smoke. And so Heavy wore bib overalls, and he reaches in his pocket and said, you want some of this? And it was uh, old, uh, I think it was brown mule chewing tobacco. 
And he, this sounds bad. <laughs> and he had it in a little, a little plastic bag, and you could see because he was hot, the moisture it built. So anyhow, he took. He always carried a hawkbill knife, and he pulled that hawkbill knife and cut off a chew of that 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 tobacco. And uh, he said, "Here, boy, try this." It said, "You can't smoke up here because you you got to keep your hands hands working." And I said, well, I never had it before. He said, all right, just, you know. So he said, now don't spit down because it'll splatter the men down on the ground that are cutting the timbers. And uh, I said, all right, fine. So I didn't know what to do. So I started chewing that stuff, and it was just nasty as it could be. And rather than spit, I couldn't spit on the, on the wood. I couldn't spit down on the, on the men on the ground. So I just swallowed it. And, oh, God. and so I did. And, and so I started, and we were, I mean, I'm, we're on the a high pitch of a roof, holding on for dear life, trying to drive these spikes into this mill decking. And it was hot. And all of a sudden, my head started swimming. <laughs> and so the same rope, I told Heavy, I said, Heavy, I think I'm going to pass out. And he said, hold on just a minute. You need to get down. And I said, yeah, i got to get out. I'm going to fall out. And he said, hold on a minute. So they hollered down and said, boy's up here. He's sick. He's got to go down. So they took the same rope that they were pulling the timbers up with and tied it to my waist and let me down on the, on the, on the, the ladder. And I got and I I got sick all over the place. Got under the the job trailer, which was basically a trailer that you pull behind a tractor trailer, and that's where we kept all the mm. you know our our tools and all that stuff. And I heard my dad and my dad drove up and you hear his his brakes squeak and everybody said, "Oh man, hey, the boss man's here." And I was up under that thing, and I was just sick of the dog. <laughs> and my dad walked up and said, what in the world are you doing? He, said, he, he had some choice language when he was around the, the guys in the field. But he was a, he was a Sunday school teacher. But anyhow, he uh, said, what are you doing under there? He said, break's been over. said, you get up there and get that roof on I said, I can't, Dad, I can't get up there, man. I'm sick of the dog. He said, well, if you throw up a little bit more, drink a little water, you can get back up there. So hurry up because Heavy needs some help. So that was my, I mean, that was Dad. He, he was, he was, that was, he, awesome. was, he was not one that would come in and coddle me. <laughs> but he, no more brown mule after that, huh? No, I didn't. Brown mule, and if you look at it, it's a plug. It's nasty stuff. Um, I think it's cool to hear how like how you worked with your dad, and kind of like from a young age, you were pouring concrete eighteen foot high, and like going to job sites. He was coming there to chew you out, but hang out with you. Like, I think it's just cool that you were. It was almost like you were a tag along, like. What your dad did, you did. Your dad got the lawnmower, you got the lawnmower. Like, and I, I see some of that from your boys too. I think that you, I mean, I've interacted with you when you've been with all your sons and just kind of seen the way that 
you have a relationship with all of them. You're still close with all of them. How did you kind of, you and Mary Ross foster relationships with your boys as they grew up? Well, you know, I, I, um, there was a big, big difference um, from when I was working with my dad uh, and when I went to work for F.N. Thompson. F.N. Thompson was back then a, a, a family-owned company from a very, very well-known and well-respected man. And, and I was, you know, just... Uh, I couldn't believe they were one of the top contractors in Charlotte. Um, and I was just blown away. But the projects were larger and the scale was larger and the dollars were larger uh, than my dad's um, uh, company. Um, and it brought me into a new, a new thing. I, I knew construction. I knew how to manage. Um, and um, it took me a lot longer to, um, to be proficient at, at doing what was necessary, I thought, with Effin Thompson than it did with my dad. My dad would, um, would cut all the deals. All I did was build it in the field. With Thompson, um, somebody else built it in the field, and I was in charge of meeting the owners and cutting the deal. and And as as things went on, my responsibilities got more, uh, and uh, the more responsibility I had, the more work that I I had to do. And so, um, but I made a decision early on that regardless of what I would be doing, um, I, God had blessed us with four boys and, um, I would spend whatever time I would not miss an occasion to be with them at a special event. I, there were some things that I would, I would not be able to do. But I don't think I missed a birthday or a game or something like that. Um, so I, I did have a forced balance into, um, to you know, to between work and and raising the kids. But I'll be the first to tell you, Ross was the um, Rossi did. I couldn't have done. I mean, these kids wouldn't be where they were without her. She, she raised them. She, she taught them. Even today, she's always teaching. Even when they come in and they wear their hats in the house, uh, they've been taught to take their hats off. And both and, Mike and I are wearing hats right now for those listening. <laughs> well, I, but I mean, you know, things like writing notes and spelling right and talking right. And she's she'll she just does that because it's the right thing, and she continually teaches. Um, and she still teaches me. I'm I'm always corrected. Uh, but but I think the the important thing that I did was just 
there was no script. Um, my dad always told me um, that it's a blessing to have children. We, I'll tell you this, we, when we got married, it was, I think, seven or eight years before we had children. We didn't know that we were going to be able to have children. And then all of a sudden we had, you know, Bill, and then, you know, then came Robert, then Mike, and then Stuart. And so all of a sudden we went from, you know, um, not being able to have kids to having them. And it was because of strong prayer. And and uh, let me tell you, Rob, the good Lord and, and my wife are, are connected. And I, I, I am too. But she, she prayed and prayed and prayed, and so did I. But she prayed constantly about wanting a family. And then when she got it, boy, I'm telling you, she was... She loves these boys, and uh, don't don't say anything against her boys. She's <laughs> the sweetest thing in the world. But her, I, you know, if I get upset and I say something that I'm not supposed to, I'm, you know, I get I get straightened out very quickly. But between the two of us, we were able to basically take the things that we were taught and fiercely enforce those with the boys. Now, one of the things that is, is, is funny is as we go along, there's one side that we see. We see what we have tried to, to teach, and then we say, well, you know, they're all right. They've been doing good. And then now here they are at their age we find out that they're, they've done things that are totally against what, what uh, their mother and I had taught them. You know, they got in trouble. They did stupid stuff. They, you know, they tried this and that and all, you know, I, I mean, boys will be boys. <laughs> but at the very end, I'm glad some of the things that we talked about and we 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 tried to push were things that were the important things that that helped them get to where they are today. I think all the boys um, have done done well. They know um, that you know the Lord should be the head of their household. They should be strong in the Word, and they should be vigilant and teaching their children. Um, and so now we have five grandchildren and Michael's three and, and Robert's two. Um, both of those families are very much involved in, in church and, and it's, they have wonderful wives. Sam and, and Jackie are, are, are wonderful, wonderful girls. And I'm, honored to have them in our family. Um, but they're doing the same thing that their parents taught them, and they'll influence their children to do the same. Yeah, I remember growing up, you know, I hated it at the time, but I don't want to go play with my buddies up at the up at the field to play football or something. You and mom make me do chores before we could leave, and I absolutely hated it. But now looking back, you know, instilling that work ethic and responsibilities, I think has really shaped 
my work ethic and my brother's work ethic because I know they're very hard workers as well. <laughs> yeah. And I remember summer of 2007, I just graduated high school and uh, my dad gave me a hard hat and a shovel. And he said, I'll see you tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. And so I had to go out on the job site and work all summer long out at Valentine. And Robert was with me. And, you know, it was a very, very hard job. Um, but you would always tell us that hard work builds character. And I truly believe that. And I appreciate, you know, some of those crappy days out, <laughs> out there working. But it, it, um, it truly did mold, you know, who I am and, and my work ethic, and I attribute that to you. Well, I, I, I don't thank you, but you know, uh, again, this—it's it, a model. It's a—it's a—it's a saying. Nobody has a book. The Bible is the best book there ever will and ever has been put together. Uh, people try to write books on how to raise children, all this kind of stuff. Bottom line. The father and the mother, uh, their influence are the things that care. And if their parents are believers and they they are in the Bible and they understand, they try to follow through with that. And and you know, uh, I've got a picture. I remember, I remember the job, the day. I, I remember <laughs> like it was yesterday. Michael, Michael always, all the brothers said Michael always got away with not having to work very much because he would play baseball and, but they had to work. Well, we go out to, uh, we built Valentine and, uh, we were building one of the buildings for, for Mr. Bissell. And, and so Robert and Michael are, uh, in, in the footings, in the, uh, in the footing stage of this building and their job is to clean it out and square it up and then put the rebar in it and get ready to pour. And we had to pour, we needed to pour it that day. And so the superintendent uh, told, you know, I told him I was coming out. I wanted to look and see the progress of the job and that kind of stuff. So I went out there and there's Robert. And got the picture right here. I know I've got it on my phone, but there's Robert. You notice Robert's working. Michael isn't. Uh, but uh, <laughs> both in the hole, you're in a fold up to your neck, and and uh, and so I drive up, and I didn't even get out of the car because it was, you know, it was an open field. But there, the footage. you didn't get out because it was 98 degrees, <laughs> and you had air conditioning <laughs> in your truck. I drove up and I said, "Hey, boys, how's it going?" And Robert threw a shovel of dirt at my car, <laughs> but. Them working and be able to to see um, what other people that they were not able to grow up with. They met a side of the of humanity that um, you know was somewhat jealous of them. They knew that that uh, Stuart, I mean uh, uh, Michael and and Robert were sitting there and they were doing the same jobs that they were doing. But they knew that they would be leaving in the summer to go back uh, to a different life. Mm -hmm. These other men, that was their life. That was their way of making money for their family. And so they, you wonder, I mean, a lot of people say, well, you know, 
construction people are tough on the on the on the newbies, the new hires, and the you know the temporary people. And yeah, they are because here these guys have are feeding their family. Their their paycheck is important, and you know they've got to come back to work on Monday morning at seven o'clock and crap these these college kids are you know in college got it made you know three meals no worries no problems and so they they do look down on them and do give them a hard time but nine times out of ten though they find out that they're they're good hard workers i'll never forget I knew that the kids would work, uh, that I would never get a report that, hey, so-and-so is lazy and sitting on his rear end. But I was building, uh, we were building a, a manufacturing facility out at, uh, at University City. And my dad is a down-the-wool Clemson fan. And as you know, I wear a Clemson hat all the time because oh, yeah. my dad love that and he taught us to love them but anyhow dad was a member of the clemson club and any time that there was a college kid or kid that was going to go to to college um he would he would uh, go to clemson he would offer him a job and tell him hey look you come and you can work and make some money and then you you know you build up your you know be outdoors and it's a good thing well, this, this great quarterback that was in Mecklenburg County, I can't remember his name, but my dad had uh, gotten the, the coach at Clemson had asked him to, they could give him a job. And so he said, yeah. So he, he shows up and my superintendent calls and he said, Hey dude, you, you, you hire this guy. I said, well, I, I, I'll be honest with you. It's just a guy I thought could work out, uh, to, you know, he said, well, he said he's got a, uh, he shows up and he's got nothing but Michael Jordan stuff. Uh, he's got brand new tennis shoes and he's got shorts and a, and a T-shirt. And, you know, he, he said he's here for an office job. I said, man, an office job. So he said, well, we're, he said, I was going to put them out in the footings and get all the mud out of the footings. I said, you do whatever you need to do. So that boy, with all that brand new Michael Jordan stuff, that superintendent put a hard hat on him and put him out in the, in the footings. That's awesome. And he was—he he, had—he didn't come back. But <laughs> again, he—but see, he didn't know anything about work ethic. Yeah. He didn't know. So, well, I, you know what I was saying earlier is I think there's three things that I identified from you growing up, uh, ways that you instilled work ethic in us. And it was one, you led by example. You know, you got up early, you got your suit and tie on, and uh, I know that you worked hard throughout the day. Two, I think you and mom encouraged responsibility at an early age by giving us jobs, uh, not only just around the house, but I mean, we, we worked you know, I remember my first job, I was probably 14 or 15. Um, and then also you, you praised our effort and not just the results, right? You always told us to give your best effort. You don't expect us to be perfect. Um, and that's exactly what I think, you know, we should do with our kids is, Hey, don't, 
I'll praise the, the result, but make sure they understand, you know, you got to put in your best effort. Um, so those are the three ways that I felt like you guys instilled work ethic in us. And I'm certainly appreciative of it now because I hated it at the time working young. Uh, but I know it's, it's helped me in my current career as a mortgage loan officer. You know, it's, it's a tough job. You got to eat what you kill. Petey's in sales, you know, he's similar role. He's, he sells um, building materials and, and, you know, you got to work. You got to get out there and work hard to not only support your family, but also lead by example. So, um, Pop, I know I've got so much pride in all the work that you've done here in the Sh- Charlotte area and, and beyond. You know, every time I drive by some of these buildings that you've built, you know, I just get filled up with, with pride and, and uh, especially the one down on South Mint Street. Um, you know, when you built the Panther Stadium, that was that was pretty sweet when you got to take us as young kids and put hard hats on us and take us around the job site as you were building the stadium. And it's pretty cool now that, you know, I get to take my kids into the stadium, watch the Panthers play and well, Splendid in that you had a large hand in building that place. Mike, let me let me tell you, um, I was mighty blessed to be involved with a group of people that were able to build some of the nicest buildings we did. Uh, but it was a team. It, uh, you know, I I could I was involved. Um, there were a lot of people that had to be involved to bring you know, bring those uh, buildings to fruition and, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, building uh, stadium like uh, Erickson for Mr. Richardson, I got a chance to, you know, he was, he was my friend. And I always said that in business and, and regardless if you're selling building material or you're doing mortgages or whatever you decide to do. And the, the thing that helped me the most is you make friends and then you build for your friends, people that, that trust you, um, that know that you're going to look after them. Um, you know, those are the, that's the way that you, you know, you get a chance to progress in the construction business, and in the same way in life, you know, you you trust people and you you make friends with people, and like you and Petey have, y'all have not been friends, you know, for twenty five years, but you know, you guys are 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 forming a, a tremendous relationship, um, and. You know, it's 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 wonderful to see, um, but I'll say the buildings that we were able to build, um, we we did sports facilities at uh, Virginia Tech, uh, NC State, University of North Carolina, um, University of South Carolina. Um, we started a sports business that was was uh, a national relationship uh, that was involved in uh, some projects uh, for professional facilities um, across the United States with a national builder, and you know we we 
we really had a good time. We really, we ended up having a wonderful time. But the buildings that we built, um, I think my, my favorite one of all, um, we, we built Ballantyne. We, we started out there and, and built um, for Mr. Bissell for over 35 years. Um, but my favorite building of all was the, the building at Charlotte Christian for the kindergarten. And when I was um, elected to the board out there and put on the master plan, the most important thing to me was in an effort to grow the school, we had to get the kindergarten kids from under in a, in a basement facility where it was it was you know dark and dismal to put them in the best building on campus. And if we did that, that we would attract um, new kids, new families, and those families would continue all the way through to through the high school. And I got an opportunity. Um, we built that building. Uh, we built three other buildings, four other buildings there. Uh, and then um, uh, another company uh, has come in. The same architect is still doing the work that we selected uh, when I was on the master plan. But when I went back to, to Charlotte Christian, I was invited to come back and look at our master plan versus what they've done. And I saw what they had done. It gave me so much uh, joy and pride that I'm uh, not pride, but joy. Um, it was just a, a wonderful thing to see where Charlotte Christian has, has gone to. And I can remember when we didn't have two nickels to rub together. And now they um, are in a good position. And I guess I tie that back in is when we were on the board there, we, we left a, a generation of we instilled in them a, a work ethic to make sure that they worked hard and they they were very frugal with their spending and now they've done that and they they've transitioned very hard and I was so proud of that but uh, it's a beautiful campus for sure yeah that's cool yeah we were, I mean I just think it's cool to know you and hear the stories about all these buildings and see not only that you've built a lot of the structures in Charlotte, but I, th I feel like the Caldwell family is a foundation in Charlotte well, that started you. with, you know, your parents being here and now with your boys running around, having their boys running around and girls. But, um, yeah, I know we really appreciate your time and appreciate you being willing to sit with us. Um, it's fun to get to hear just your story and some of why you did what you did and the way you raised Mike and his brother. So appreciate your well, time. Don't forget, uh, don't forget the wives. The and, wives. And, and your, and your wife for yeah, sure. Don't forget them. They are, um, you know, we're, we're almost 48 years uh, of marriage and, uh, you know, she's, she's just a wonderful, wonderful woman. And she's, uh, she's taught these boys more than I have. Awesome. But, uh, uh, anyhow, it's a blessing, and, and I, the, the 
best part about it is we get to have these grandchildren, and they're the apple of my eye, <laughs> especially that little girl. That's awesome. Love you, Pops. Appreciate uh, you leading the way for our family and, and beyond. Well, you're very welcome. God bless you guys. Thank you.